Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this episode with Dusty Brooks and Dorian Domi, the organizers of Oblivion Access Festival in Austin. I'm so psyched to have these guys and so glad that you're along for the ride. Uh, if you're here on Roadcase for the first time, welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a repeat and or Long-time listener, uh, welcome back to Roadcase. So psyched to have you for this episode. There's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community. Really quick and easy ways to follow us on the socials. We are at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to find out more information about Roadcase, you can visit our website at www.roadcasepod.com. Another great way to get in touch with Roadcase is to shoot us an email with your questions, comments, uh, anything at all. Love to hear from you. You can send us an email at info at roadcasepod.com. Another great way to support Roadcase, and we really do rely on the support of you amazing listeners to just do a couple little things that are just so easy. And one of those things is to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, that's a really popular one. Uh, at the Roadcase homepage, just underneath uh, the Roadcase name, there's a little box that says follow. All you have to do is click on that one. Really helps out the show. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a check mark up in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, you can click on that one to subscribe. Subscribe to Roadcase. Doing so on those and other platforms allow you to receive updates as to when new episodes come into the world. And it just really helps out the show to have a bunch of subscribers. So I really appreciate your help with that. Uh, another great way to support Roadcase is to rate and review Roadcase on those listening platforms and other listening platforms. But I'll give you a couple examples on Spotify. Underneath that follow box, there's a little box with some stars. Uh, it's as easy as just clicking that. On Apple Podcasts, you just scroll up a little bit from the homepage, and you'll see a bunch of stars and a place to write review. Uh, hit a bunch of stars, and if you can write a couple words of review, that would be really great. Just anything at all uh, really helps out the show, and I really appreciate all of your support in doing those little things that help to support Roadcase. Thanks so much. So I've got Dusty Brooks and Dorian Domi on the show. They're going to talk about their festival that they've been putting together and working so hard to do. Uh, Oblivion Access Festival is taking place in Austin uh, just in the upcoming uh, weeks, uh, in just a couple weeks, June 15th to June 18th in Austin, Texas. Dusty and Dorian are both Texas natives. Uh, Dusty moved to Austin in 2011, and Dorian's uh, been living there for quite a while. He's been living there, uh, grew up in Austin, as a matter of fact. Uh, these guys have just put together such an incredibly amazing festival. It's going to take place in the Red River Cultural District of Austin at a number of different venues, including Empire Control Room and Garage, uh, Mohawk, Elysium, Valhalla, and now new in 2023, they've added Chess Club and 13th Floor. And I had the privilege to attend shows during my uh, my stay at uh, South by Southwest. And uh, those are just really amazing venues. I'm so glad uh, that 
they are involved in this festival. Uh, what I really love about this festival, and I must say, I am not a metalhead, if you will, or someone that really knows a lot about metal or follows that genre uh, quite a bit, but I am truly interested in it. And there's so many different lanes in the metal genre that we'll talk about. Um, but one of the really important components of Oblivion Access Festival is that they really do have a commitment to creating a safe space for not only amazing, to enjoy amazing music, but a safe space for self-expression. And this has been really part of their mandate for this festival itself. Uh, they talk about wanting an inviting safe space to be oneself in this world. And you can do that through art and self-expression. And they talk about channeling frustrations, pain and confusion uh, and in order to really truly understand what's alive. And I absolutely love that sentiment. I love how it's attached to a festival and especially kind of a metal festival. And we're going to talk about that quite a bit on this show. And it's really interesting to get their takes on all of that. It really um, goes beyond the music and also creating a safe space in this world at venues themselves is truly important. As some of you might know, uh, April was Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and I had Maggie Arthur on the show recently, and she's with the organization Calling All Crows. And uh, I talked to her about creating venues, and uh, that's what she does. She actually uh, makes sure that venues are all safe uh, spaces for all to uh, to enjoy music without being hassled or groped and uh, making venues aware of what needs to be done. Uh, we talked about uh, what how important it is to be a bystander and what to do in those instances. You can go back and listen to that, uh, that episode. It was episode 184 back uh, in May just a couple weeks ago, uh, really important. And so uh, to talk to Dusty and Dorian and understand their commitment in this, uh, in kind of um, what can be really, a, you know, from the outside, it seems like it's sort of a tough atmosphere, a metal atmosphere and a metal festival, but they truly do have a real commitment to unfettered self-expression in venues. And all those venues are all on board with that. But that's not the only part. Um, they've put together an amazing festival with some amazing names and uh, stellar venues in an incredible city to do that. So um, we're going to talk to Dusty and Dorian. And I, I really had a great, uh, a great time chatting with those guys. Uh, they are just super quality individuals, and they had a lot to say about what they're doing. And it's just uh, really great to have them here for this one. And I'm really so psyched to have you all along for this episode. And uh, I want to thank you all for being here. And I want to send a special thank you to Dusty Brooks and Dorian Domi of Oblivion Access Festival for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Guys, we're here. We're finally doing this. Welcome to Roadcase, Dusty and Dorian. How are you guys doing? Dusty and Dorian, I don't know. I just like think of like like a 60s pop band, but I'm sure you guys have got that before. I'm sure you like made a list of all the best comparisons for the names, right? I mean, you guys were yeah. just made to like work together, I think, right? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In so many right. in so many different ways, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the way we kind of came together and the way this partnership has evolved over the years, it's definitely 
looking back, it, we, we were definitely like meant to like partner up. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you guys are both, well, Dusty, let's go, let's ask you, you're from, are you from Austin originally? No, I'm from a small, small town, kind of East central Texas called silver city. There's literally like six houses. <laughs> <laughs> and yours was one of them where you live. Mine was one. Yes. Wow. Six houses. Okay. And, uh, when did you emigrate to, uh, to Austin? As soon as possible. Uh, as soon as I could get here. Yeah. I moved here in 2011 uh -huh. and uh, I was living, I went to college at UNT up in Denton uh -huh. and lived in Dallas for, I think like three years. Right. But the, the whole time I was in Dallas, I was trying to find a way to get to Austin. And I eventually just lied to my parents and, <laughs> and moved. <laughs> would you have to yeah, lie to, would you have to lie to them about well, they were like, you need to have a job and a stable place to live before, you know, before we were comfortable with you moving. And right. I was like, okay. And I tried, I tried to find a job and all that stuff, but you yeah. know, right. I eventually was just like, screw this. And it's like, yeah, I got a job and a stable place to live. So yeah, let's go. Right. And I didn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how like you find it as you, as you go along, Dorian, are you from, uh, are you from Austin? I was actually born in Dallas, mm -hmm. um, but I came over when it's like my parents moved here when I was like eight years old. So uh, okay. I've mostly grown up in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what I find interesting is that you guys were both sort of working in bars, I think, or and had sort of met like in that in that in that world of and, and began booking pretty early on in, in, in your careers. Um, do you want to talk about, um, Dorian, why don't you, why don't you talk to me about like how you guys initially crossed paths and what, and, and what that meant for you? Um, so I started booking when I was still in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we had a mutual friend, um, named Becky, Becky Clunan. And I used to go to a coffee shop um, that she would make a lot of art at mm -hmm. and learned about, I guess, learned about Dusty through Becky. And um, I wanted to work with him. I, um, but I also was, we were competitive, I guess. I, um, Who, I took you a show. And, you and Dusty? Yeah, me and, me and Dusty. I, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, stole a show from him. Um, oh, that that explained yeah. the wry smile when I first asked that question. I was uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't want to interrupt your yeah. flow, but I knew there was something coming. <laughs> yeah, um, he had Conan, uh, this band Conan booked at um, the Lost Well. And oh, I thought you were Conan. I, um, I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> so I took Conan and then put um, I Hate God on it, and yeah. It was, it was a <laughs> really, really pissed me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got his attention. You got his attention, Dorian. So, yeah, what, what, what? What's your side of that story, Dusty? I mean, I mean, I mean, like bands are up for grabs, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know, I guess money talks, you know. Um, and it, Dorian just put together a much better show and had a bigger venue and could do more with it. Yeah, and you know, originally that tour was just Conan. 
And I think they might have had a tour opener with them. I don't remember. Yeah, what year was this? Like 2012-ish, 13-ish kind of? No. Uh, no. Was, yeah. So I've been booking since 2012 ah, okay. in Austin. Right. And and Dorian started, I guess, around 2015, I guess. Mm-hmm. 2016. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. So along yeah. comes this young fucker and he like takes a band from you. And just, yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, going back to Becky, um, at the time she and I were, were together and, you know, I would sit at home, you know, and I'd just be stewing about Dorian stealing my show and then one upping me and making it better by putting I hate God on it. Mm hmm. And, you know, I was, I was upset and I was just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get this guy. And Becky was like, hold on. Maybe you should work with him. He's young and he clearly likes what you do. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe you should like kind of take him in and, you know, show him the ropes and, you know, y'all should work together. Keeps you, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Exactly. It always, now it he, always works. Uh, it does. It does. And to this day. I still credit Becky for being the glue that held Dorian and I together. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the absolutely. nicer way to say that is that when you have common interests with someone in your same field, sometimes there's some overlap that can be taken advantage of for the good of both the people. Right. Right. Yeah, it's pretty basic. Right. Like, um, so you guys started to, did you start to do kind of things together at that point? Bookings and, and such? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. We um we both wanted to do a festival around the same time mm-hmm. and had similar ideas for what we wanted to do. Um, so it kind of just naturally happened. I mean, I think the first time we met, we just kind of started talking about doing Terror Fest together a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of kind of grew from there. And we we were Austin Terror Fest was originally during South by Southwest mm-hmm. and which was a mistake. Of us wow were, yeah I yeah. was gonna say I wasn't gonna say it was a mistake I was just gonna say well wow that, <laughs> there's that like- yeah that goes that goes back that was before Dorian and I were really working together that initial Austin Terror Fest yeah. was a collaborative effort between myself and one of the founders of the now defunct Southwest Terror Fest and the awesome Northwest Terror Fest. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do an Austin installation. And I used to build speaker cabinets with worshiper cabinets here in town. Oh. And we, we used to backline and stage manage the stages at Southwest Terror Fest. Mm. And that's how they found out that I booked, you know, they just, I guess it came out at some point. Yeah. And so we initially did that first year and I wanted to do it a different time of year, but they thought that doing it during South by would be a good idea. Ultimately it wasn't. And that the terror fest crew from the Seattle area were basically like, Hey, we're going to go back to the Northwest and focus on our, our stuff up there. And, uh, but if y'all want to continue on, like it's y'all's if you want it. And Dorian and I, at that point, I think had started talking about working together and getting some things in place. And uh-huh. Terror Fest 2018 happened. And uh, I think that was the year we booked Agoraphobic Nosebleed, Exhorter, 
I love the names. I love the names. Yeah. Who else? Yob and Acid King. Uh-huh. And, and what, what, just uh, north, the Northwest one, where was that occurring? That's in Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, that would have been my number one guess. But, right. <laughs> um, but to do a festival that's overlaps with South by Southwest, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like building a condo next to a high rise condo that's already there almost. But right. yeah. like the notion of a showcase is not extraordinarily crazy, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's typically, I mean, ever and, since. And just for the listeners, like a showcase, I guess, like you can probably explain it better. I'll take a whack at it though. It's just at one venue and just have a lineup and you just call it the showcase for whatever the, the big notion is. Levitation did it at hotel Vegas. It got fucking just absolutely rained on, but they, they persevered. Um, that last, this, this past, uh, Southwest and there's tons of other showcases. It's a great way to like bring people together and like show what you got. Right. Yeah. And you know, official or unofficial, you know, however you want to do it, a showcase is the way to do something during South by to, you know, kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, like ride on the South by coattails and kind of get your, your name out there. And yeah, coattails have a the, negative connotation. It's like doing what you'd like. It's why Southwest is Southwise there, right? For to to a large yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. And, you know, and we've done that, you know, over the years and it's always been, it's always been a really good time. You know, I think the last South by showcase that we did was cool. Keith blood incantation and Necrot. So it was death metal and hip hop. And it was, it was awesome. Death metal and hip hop. Yeah, Two great it, tastes it, that taste great together. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and you have some like focus on a hip hop artist, uh, Lil, um, I'm sorry. Man. I'm yeah. going to embarrass myself with my, like, not knowing all these names. Lil Ugly Mane? Yes. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah. Just bringing together all these genres, like, while you're saying, like, death metal and hip hop. Like, let's, like, let's talk about, let's big picture it for a second. And then I want to kind of come back and sort of do some micro stuff and, you know, what mm-hmm. the background is, what your all background is and what you bring into this. But, I love what I've heard and what I've read through the research that I've done for this festival, Oblivion, um, Oblivion Access Festival. And by the way, the dates are June 15th through the 18th. So that's, it's, it's coming right up. Um, your, the commitment to inclusivity, um, using art and expression to channel pain, confusion, and frustration to use your own words, um, and fostering empowerment. And, Dusty, I've heard some of the things that you've said about just the the varying genres and bringing so many different um, fans in with different perspectives and viewpoints. And I mean, that can speak to any festival, but um, from my perspective, I'm not necessarily a heavy metal individual, but I when I listen to it, I'm like, wow, I mean it moves you in a particular way. And there's so many different individual lanes. And, and then when you're putting on top of it, this, this attitude of inclusivity, um, I just, I, I really love that. Um, Dusty, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? And Dorian, you know, you jump in at any time, but I've heard Dusty talk about it a bunch and it was, it was, it was very compelling. Can you speak to that bigger picture of what you guys are aiming to do here? Yeah. You know, 
at the end of the day, I received some wise words from an old metalhead here in town several years ago because I, I kept talking about guilty pleasures and, you know, liking things that, you know, are, I guess, not the typical, quote, metalhead type of music to like. And he he just, like, stopped me in my tracks. And he was like, man, fuck that. He's like, if it's good, it's good. And he's like, yeah. don't have any shame in enjoying what's good. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, that stuck with me. Mm. And I've just kind of transferred it over into into the festival. And, you know, with the inclusivity, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like it doesn't matter what background of life you come from, you know, your upbringing, you know, unless you're just a mean hearted person or like a Nazi or something. Yeah. But like <laughs> you're standard you know, garden variety fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, yeah. A typical butthole outside <laughs> of that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, right. you know, what your story is, you know, if you're here, you're here because there's, there's a through line with all this and it's being yourself. Like, yeah, just be be yourself. We want to provide a safe place for people to come and see the music that they enjoy, wear the clothes that they want to wear, put on, I mean, whatever kind of personal festival they want to have with themselves at our festival. Yeah. We encourage that. Yeah. Because this, the world, Man, the world is going down the toilet at a rapid rate. Yeah, and you we're know, circling the drain. We were, yeah, yeah we, big time. So, and you know, I, I kind of see this as a way for people to just vent those frustrations, have a good time, be yourself. I mean, it's a platform of self-expression. I mean, even for Dorian and I, that's why we do this. Yeah, you know yeah. this. This is how. You know, this is one of the ways that we really can express ourselves creatively is through our curation and just the thought in including everyone. Yeah. Like it's it's what we're here for. Totally. You know, we want totally that. Dorian, I can yeah. see you chomping at the bit a little bit. Why don't you weigh in on that oh, a little um, bit? And um uh but also Tell tell me how you feel about all the the inclusivity and what Dusty was talking about, but also, is it exclusive? Is it is it special because it's in heavy metal, which uh, metal or whatever we're going to call it. what's the, the umbrella term? Metal. We'll just we'll, we'll we can go with yeah, that. Yeah, or you guys metal. correct me. Yeah. Um, but uh, is it ex- is the inclusivity interesting when you bring it to a metal festival and use and because metal can seem to outsiders to be to be exclusionary in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I can, it, it's just kind of where both of us, you know, come from is the metal scene. And mm-hmm. so it's something that's been, um, I mean, it's always kind of the first conversation when we're booking each year is like, what metal are we going to have? And we, we kind of base it around that. And I do think that is something special about the festival is like you said, like metal can seem, I guess, abrasive to outsiders or it, but it, once you're kind of in a metal scene, it's the exact opposite. I Mm -hmm. feel like it's one of the more welcoming genres of music as far as people go. That is that that's um, an interesting point. Dusty, do you agree with that? 100%. That it's the most, that's more welcoming than others. 
Um, well, I mean, we don't yeah, need to compare I mean, genre to genre. Let's just say that it's very welcoming, um, despite what it might look like from the outside or, you know, like seeing doom on t-shirts and the fucking de- <laughs> the, the, the reaper, like the, the, the grim reaper mm-hmm. on, on logos and stuff. Not that it's your logo. I mean, just like in general, like yeah. that iconography is not typically doesn't, doesn't engender warm and fuzzy feelings in general but like not a lot yeah. not a lot of art does though i mean true, even if true. it yeah yeah even yeah. if it does have that appearance right. you know you can sit there and and enjoy the music but go, go read the lyrics yeah you it's know, a form of expression lyrics. yeah yeah and again that just circles back to the inclusivity express yourself you know yeah. and again and this is with every genre you know the people who are the negative Nancy's in whatever genre, whether it's metal or hip hop or noise or whatever, mm-hmm. weed themselves out and they just won't mm-hmm. come. And the people who want to be at the festival to experience this, because it's, we don't really like to call it a music festival. It's an experience. Like, well, you, let's, let's also say, and I, I do want to interject that you also do have some arts exhibits and some, you have a couple of sound baths as well that I would love. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've done those gong baths. Like, Ordinary. If if for listeners out there have not done a gong bath, have a chance to do that or some kind of sound bath where you're just lying there and kind of meditating and just having sound wash over you and just be mm-hmm. go into your head and just be there. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. So you also have other kind of other sort of events as well around around the festival. For sure. I mean, we yeah. you know, last year we had Ron Athey come do a uh, bloodletting performance and you know oh, he's seriously like yeah. actual yeah, yeah. actual yeah. bloodletting okay wow talk <laughs> i mean we more yeah. about that we, we push the norms we push the boundaries you know i mean Austin we just went from claimed- sound bath to bloodletting by the way just to highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean and i think during the sound bath session this year and that's a chess club on sunday starting at 11 if i if i remember correctly there's mm-hmm. also going to be yoga on the back patio mm-hmm. cool yeah and we're going to have all kinds of recharge zones there you know um there's going to be a, a company there that's going to be doing like uh vitamin shots and b12 shots well, you know gonna need those by the end of the festival. yeah by sunday people are going to need them especially in june it's gonna i think it's going to be a warm one yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that too right? crazy yeah um but to foster this empowerment and what you guys are doing, why don't you, can you talk about that, Dorian, and why that's important to you, just kind of like reflecting on where you've tried to bring to Austin in terms of the bands that you've booked historically in your own career? Yeah, I mean, I think that a, a lot of um, the art that we book um, and a lot of the music that we book has... I think our criteria is just booking like honest musicians or honest artists, just people that um, really kind of put everything out there mm-hmm. in a sense and are just honest with their audience. And I think that that type of audience, uh, and I think that naturally with like that level of honest coming from an artist does kind of take in, in a sense, like pain to get there mm. or 
um, experience of some sort experience of some sort yeah. yeah and not to say that like oh all great art comes from pain because i don't i don't believe that but i think like a lot of a lot of art does come from pain and growth and we want to you know give that i guess opportunity to musicians across um genre and put it all together and i don't know i mean we don't I think I can speak for both of us that like we don't really like the construct of genre too much and like mm. we we find that like all music is so much or like is really similar in different ways. Like yeah. like we have an artist named Planning for Burial this year that is it, it's like ambient music and kind of shoegazy as well. And it um you know, it mostly has like a metal audience, like right. that artist. But then we have someone like uh, Clamps Casino who works with, you know, ASAP Rocky and Post Malone and all these huge people. Uh -huh. and they sound similar, but their but their audiences are completely different. You know, yeah, um, yeah, because of the way that you know things are marketed to people, and so well, we kind just of, who's listening and what their own experiences are are just different, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. But um. So, yeah. Yeah. When, when you talk about you, um, you just mentioned how that you try to get away from like the placing this music in different sectors or genres, if you will. But on the other hand, and I'm not putting this, this on you, but there are so many genres in the metal world. And Dusty, you've talked about this a little yeah. bit. You know, I've seen you talk about kind of just breaking it down in terms of how many different genres. Why, why let's let, let's just like just general question like let me ask a stupid question why are there dusty why are there so many goddamn genres in metal i mean i i have an answer for that and i but i think it's about human creativity and expression and i think it goes a little bit deeper but um what's your what's your take on it i mean my somewhat barely educated guess on that they, you know, I wasn't there when they decided to make all these genres. <laughs> yeah, you worked at the conference. <laughs> yeah, I would have said, no, that's too many. But <laughs> genres. Yeah, the joint cheeks in Geneva. <laughs> yeah. But I guess why are there so many different subgenres of metal, which is a genre in and of itself? Right. Is because okay, yeah, I should have said subgenres. Go ahead. Uh, I, you know, the expression, like we play fast and our songs are 30 seconds, you know, grand chord. That's what we're going to call this. Okay. You know? And I, I don't know. Um, me personally, you know, I enjoy all kinds of metal and I like to book mixed bills and, you know, the mixed bill comes from the creation of all these genres and, why there's so many, I don't know, except for the fact that the grindcore bands want to stand apart from the drone metal that want to stand apart from the thrash and want to stand apart from the power violence and everything else. Mm. And, you know, you end up with all these different sects. But, you know, we have a show booked at Valhalla Friday night, and it's a total mixed bill. We have death metal, um, war metal, grindcore, and then a black metal band, all on one bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it works perfectly. Is that, that, is, that is that unique for you? Why 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 is that crazy? Like, are those just completely yeah. opposing genres, well, subgenres, and stuff? I mean, I guess to someone who is all about grindcore, they might 
not come to that show because it has a black metal band or a death metal band on it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. People, people like mixed bills. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a rare thing. It's not a rare occurrence. Well, but, you're, you're you not know. trying to, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you're not trying to appeal to only like, just to take that example, only a grindcore fan. You're, you're, right. it, it, I feel like festivals are there because they expose, let's say one subgenre fan to another subgenre and different music. You kind of have to buy the entire genre of, of, of metal. Um, right. and then be, and, have your, have your, be, have an open mind to go listen to different things. And that's kind of how I look at it. But, and that happens that, and that, that, that's a commonality across all festivals. And that's, that's why we like to kind of build this as more of an experience because, you know, let's say a metalhead buys a multi-venue pass to go to the select metal shows that we have, mm-hmm. but they might walk in to the clipping show Saturday at Mohawk and just be totally floored by how abrasive this quote hip-hop show is you know it's more experimental than it is just traditional hip-hop and you know there are things with all these genres of music that i feel as a metalhead you know i love heavy metal that's what i've booked for years and you know being exposed to this stuff and seeing and being able to book stuff that's outside of heavy metal is refreshing a for me as a promoter but also i you know me being exposed to this stuff over the years and finding you know that it's all music is created equally yeah you know and it's it it comes from some sort of feeling or experience or or something in that in your life that has crossed your you know your path you know and being as a metalhead being exposed to something that's not metal that you find awesome is such a cool experience. Yeah. And like, yeah, totally. I really, I like the idea of passing that on to other people who might be stuck in, in a specific genre, whether it's metal or, you know, noise or whatever, that there's other things out there that are amazing and come from similar areas of experience or life. Yeah. And, you know, it's all meant to be enjoyed yeah. equally. It's a, Let's do that. It sounds like you're talking from a from a level of experience. Um, in that you you're generally booking in your real life, apart from the festival, you're booking bands. You know, of the similar subgenres because you know you got a band opening, you got a couple bands opening. You're not going to like f- make everyone flip out and be. You don't want them to be like Prince opening for the Rolling Stones in 1983 when he got booze up when he got booed off the stage. Yeah. yeah, right, right. I, I mean, that's an extreme and silly, that's an extreme and silly example, but. Um, it must be refreshing for you guys to be able to book like, oh, you like this subgenre? Well, this is going to be on the bill as well. You must, you're, you're going to like this stuff too. It's got to be really fun. Is there, is there a, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, like, it's like one of those things you see on a record cover. You know, when you see a record that you're not familiar with and it has that for fans of, right, and right. it has similar artists, right. you know, that are bigger and more known. It's the, it's the same type thing. If you like this, if you like this show, the chances are you'll like these other shows because they're so similar. They might be different genres. Yeah. I tell oh, friends, Lord, that, I tell friends that all the time. I'm like, Oh, you like this band? Well, you have to listen to this because you will like it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love when that gets traction. I mean, a lot of people are resistant to that, but a lot of people that go to a lot of festivals are not resistant to that because they know, you know, there's so many, right. so much, so much um, that there's, 
so much going on. Dorian, again, you want to tell me about that and like booking different bands and where you kind of see the utility in festivals in terms of turning people on to different kinds of genres. Yeah, I mean, sub-genres. I think the, I'm gonna have to start saying subgenres more. Yeah, subgenres. Okay. Yeah, sub-genres. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, like it, or not even just in some ways. I mean, in a lot of ways, booking multiple genres is a way of challenging ourselves and also a way of um, being more creatively fulfilled. You know. Yeah. I mean, even back when we first started. Um, Austin Terror Fest, or like when we started working together, we were, and at that time, most festivals were doom metal oriented, and mm-hmm. a lot of like stoner rock and shit like that. And we wanted to do something that was heavier and um, do something that mixed a lot of different types of metal. Um, and so that was always kind of an interest for us. And then I feel like every year we're just getting more i guess focused and just expanding on what we're doing i i think it's a lot of i feel like a lot of festivals kind of have a or that do kind of crossover in genre it um can be like oh we're gonna have this one throwback band and then we're gonna have this one metal band and then there needs to be this type of like for us every single year we we kind of start with nothing you know like we we start from ground one and be like what should the festival feel like this next year mm. and kind of build on you kind of that, do it like a top down that feeling mm-hmm. yeah like we yeah i like, mean talk about this year's lineup even, like i gave a listen to a couple of the top line stuff faust and uh and duster fucking interesting stuff man yeah no i mean it's, it's crazy. I mean, I can't <laughs> believe we left. have Faust playing still. Yeah. Having Faust on the lineup and the fact that that's an all original lineup from, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, it, it, that's incredible. Yeah. To me. They're the one it's that's insane. doing like, a, they're doing a full album from like their first album. Is that their? No, uh, am I getting that wrong? That, well, that was tossed around. It's this year is the 50th anniversary of the album four. Mm-hmm. And, that was tossed around. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are celebrating during COVID. I, I think if I remember right, during COVID, they were supposed to do their 50th anniversary show and that had to be canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And so it, this is kind of that makeup show. It's the 50th. It's celebrating uh, over 50 years of Faust. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Why'd you guys change the name of the festival? Um. They're, too scary. I mean, there's a few reasons. <laughs> <laughs> too well, much terror a, actually going on. Wait, this is the bloodletting. Yeah. We're on the bloodletting sub theme now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's too much bloodletting, yeah. and you guys got like annoying calls from like different organizations. They're like, "What do you do?" Yeah, I mean, I think there was no. A, that's I mean, I'm just, there was I'm a few reasons. I'm just yeah, no, for right. sure. <laughs> no, I know. Um, there's a few reasons why we changed the name. I mean, for um. For one, it was hard to get sponsors because of um, there was a package bomber a few years ago in Austin, um, and so when you would look up Austin Terror, there'd be this guy. Yeah, who would not come the up best and, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. And, it was a good. But choice. also, also on top of that, like 
the Austin Terror Fest, like the name kind of pigeonholed us um, into mostly doing metal. And I also think that it, it was like location specific and we got kind of tired of that. Like we wanted to do something a little bit bigger and also just to like, we, we love what, you know, Northwest and Southwest Terror Fest does, but mm. we started to put together lineups that we think didn't match. Um, yeah. Their brand. And so we kind of just wanted to do our own thing. And um, yeah. So the, politi- it, the political yeah. reasons make a, uh, a shit ton of sense for sure. I hadn't even thought about the yeah. terror part. I was just like so fixated on like neither, the the metal doom we. aspect of that. What? Yeah, so, I mean, neither did we. We never thought that that would ever be an issue. Yeah. Well, you I mean, I I mean, speaking of Ride Fest, which is kind of top of mind because they just announced their lineup today. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you put in Chicago Riot, I mean, something else is going to come up too. But yeah, terror is kind of like a bigger uh, weird button, right? I mean, shit. I mean, ultimately, the package bomber thing was like really the cherry on top. Us, yeah. us really wanting yeah. to expand and get out of the pigeonhole of just being a metal festival. Because, you know, mm-hmm. even under the Terror Fest name, we tried to book some stuff that wasn't, I guess, metal. And it just never worked out. And as soon as we changed the name, all this these different genres opened up and these agents opened up. Yeah. You know, basically the floodgates opened. Interesting. Wow. That was really such a direct correlation between. Wow. Yeah. That's, it was, it was, that's fucking informative, man. It's like that, that tells you a lot about how people pay attention to the name. And there's like immediate association that goes on when you've got a name Mm -hmm. for a festival. I mean, there's, there's branding. These bands are more than just bands. They're businesses. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, And, these brands got to match up. And if yeah. they don't, yeah. you know, I don't see, you know, goth and shoegaze bands playing Austin terror fest, you know, it just, <laughs> you know, yeah. Those yeah. Brands those... But oblivion access. Yeah. You don't usually being... like, I mean, not to say this is generally a thing, but you don't usually associate weed smoking with terror a lot. Like this just like, <laughs> that's just a bad combo. I can do terror. Yeah. If I smoke too much weed, I can do terror on my own. Just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, terror, yeah. What'd you say? Sorry. Terrorize my refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst other things. Terrorize my dog. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So April was, um, sexual assault awareness month, if I'm quoting that correctly. And I've got really interesting guests coming up, um, this week, uh, that I spoke to a couple weeks ago about creating safe spaces at venues and what we can all do, uh, not only from a venue perspective and a promotion perspective, but from a fan perspective and from an attendee perspective and bystander perspective. You guys have talked a little bit about making it a safe space for people to do what they want. Um, how, how do you make it a safe space? What are the steps that you take to tell attendees that this is a safe space? And what kind of steps do you guys take to make sure that that, uh, that your venues and this festival is a safe space if when push comes to shove and sometimes it does any either you guys go ahead and whoever wants that's a jump ball um i'll start with that um i guess really it starts with us as individuals Mm -hmm. you know we lead we have to lead by example and you know we have to do what's right 
and it, it's a trickle down effect. It, you know, who we choose to work with us, you know, the venues that we choose to work with. Yeah. I'll play a role in that, you know, and the people that we work with at these specific venues, you know, have similar mindset, similar ideals. You know, I know Mohawk's motto is, you know, all are welcome, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of our mantra too, you know, except with the aforementioned general buttholes, <laughs> but, you know, providing a safe space, in my opinion, starts with us and then it just kind of spider webs out to everyone because if you lead by example and you show that these are the core values of what we dorian and dusty are about and you know and you know innately what the festival is about the good people who are willing to back you up and help provide that safe space will let themselves be known They'll, you know, and they'll do they'll do their due diligence to ensure that these these ideals are held up, you know, and the venues themselves, you know, some of these venues have have had signs up, you know, that we don't tolerate that, you know, no harassment, no groping, you know, no bigotry, no hate, yeah. you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, seeing these seeing the signage around at certain events in the past and just seeing the all are welcome spread out through the red river cultural district you know it just sets a precedent like we're here to have a good time mm -hmm. and you also have to take it upon yourself as an individual concert goer to mind your p's and q's you know keep your mouth shut if you don't have any you know my mom always told me if you ain't got nothing nice to say then don't say anything at all yeah keep your hands to yourself yeah keep your hands to yourself you know and if these people if somebody like that does make it into our festival, they will quickly find that they're going to be, you know, removed, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. that's just I how, mean, it, how we work. I mean, I think in some ways, like we're really lucky to work with the venues that we have because all the venues we work with have really similar kind of ideals to us and, yeah. um, and have the same amount of, I don't want to use the word strict, I guess, but um, like, I mean, just has the same beliefs as us and have no problem like removing someone who's being a fucking creep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, being, you know, abusive yeah. in any way. I mean, I personally at my events have a zero tolerance policy for that, you know, yeah. and, you know, Dorian and I kind of going back to the very beginning of this, of this interview, you know, we're just two people. We're just two dudes who enjoy music. And, you know, we we don't try to, like, remain anonymous or, you know, be cryptic or anything like that. You know, we're at our shows that we book. You know, we're accessible. You know, and I like to think that we're accessible enough and our faces have been kind of out there enough that if somebody does feel unsafe at the festival and they see either one of us just kind of hanging out, I feel like I, I, I want to say that we are accessible and approachable enough for somebody to come directly to us and say, this person right here yeah. is a creep, right. you know, and it will be handled. Yeah. Like, but you won't be at every, I mean, needless to say, you won't be at every venue, but um, yeah, right. what, what I, 
what I what I like is that you know Austin, you know the venues that you're dealing with, and presumably, mm-hmm. you know, you've put in place a philosophy, you know, an you know um, a safe space philosophy, and you know, non aggression philosophy, and uh, rules and guidelines and that need that 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 you, and you won't you know you won't tolerate uh, transgression along those lines. Exactly, and you know, we enforce it as a festival. Our staff that we hire Great. enforces it, and you know every venue and their staff enforces it. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's a zero tolerance policy yeah. for people being for people acting like creeps or doing whatever you know that goes against the normal thing. I mean, we're just yeah. asking people to be base, have some basic humanity. Absolutely, come have a good. Time. Absolutely, and you know it's part of the, it's part of the it's part of the festival ethos, you know, of, of self expression yeah. and and that you want to leave feeling empowered. And I think so, you know, I think it's important to ask these kind of questions about what, what steps mm-hmm. are being taken to create safe spaces that can, um, that can uh, provide the environment where those kind mm-hmm. of ideas and philosophies can flourish in a safe environment. You know? and, yeah. 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 Touch it on that word empowerment. Like it's hard to feel empowered when there's a creep in the mix or something like that. And, yeah. you know, again, we want everyone to come out of this feeling empowered and we're going to do whatever it takes and the venues will do whatever it takes to make sure that everyone feels safe, welcome, and are having a good time. Good, good, cool, yeah. cool. I mean, and I can speak from experience. A lot of these venues are just absolutely amazing as venues are like in general, but I think like in Austin, there were so many, so many incredible venues. And, um, and I, you know, I, I felt like the venues there were paying attention and the management was really on things and was really on it and, you know, on the program for everyone to have a good time. Um, do you guys have any plans to like take this festival and uh, like create an entire venue and or like make the, and have an oblivion venue that's going to offer artists from different genres, you know, year round, where does, where does this go for you, you guys personally and professionally? Um is this just a, is this, I know this is a very all consuming, um, endeavor for both of you, uh, for obvious reasons. It's, it's such a amazing and impressive achievement to put, bring together all these bands at once. Are you doing that all year or can you put on shows that offer this level, th- this kind of, this ethos in, in Austin throughout the year? Um, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but I mean, it, I don't think it's really feasible for us to get a venue, um, mm-hmm. but real estate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's real that, or just like put this crazy. on, sort of like I'm. I'm thinking kind of the levitation model where they've had. I mean that that's a lofty goal, right? Where they have all these bands that are underneath their own label and they're putting on their own festival, but they're also kind of supporting bands and other smaller venues and and in conjunction with a couple different bands. I'm thinking like Thirteenth Floor, where I was mm-hmm. at, also it's a, like some interesting possibilities yeah. and directions. There's so much going we, on in Austin. There's so many different venue possibilities. We we do shows throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing that more now. We used to do that a lot, and then we kind of stopped and mostly fo- uh, focus on the festival because, you know, post post COVID was, or I mean, COVID was you know brutal. Yeah. Um, for everyone, you, you know, post COVID was brutal. I mean, yeah. So, kind of like recouping, like we just kind of stopped booking shows throughout the year and just needed to focus on the festival because also like last year we had 
we're combining two festivals, you know, we, we had 107 bands and we, you know, it was because we started booking 2023, uh, or I mean, for the year, like 2021, we were booking for before COVID even like before lockdown happened. So it was like, we had to combine yeah. two festivals. And so was that the, we, was that the most number of bands you had at the festival so far? Oh yeah. What, what do you got this year? I don't year? think we'll ever. I think 80 80 yeah um, across what yeah. it looked like 12 dozen seven. venues it's like seven venues i think Pardon? seven venues seven seven okay. yeah but they all i'm, but a, I'm a horrible i'm horrible at stages. Count. i'm horrible at counting <laughs> sorry um but yeah like we uh yeah i don't know um we're, we're starting to book shows again throughout the year and that's been good. I mean, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot more agents hit us up about year round shows now. Oh, cool. Um, cause they like working with us and yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. I mean, kind of touching back on that too. Um, I wanted to go back to the name change thing. Oh, Part yeah. of the reason too, why we stopped booking shows throughout the year is because you know we did a i mean changing the name of your brand and completely doing an about face and going the opposite direction with what you are known for and, and especially with me having been known for booking metal for you know almost a decade at that point you know it's it was a big deal and you know we decided on that at the end of 2019 and then you know, right after that COVID happened. Mm. And so not only, not only are we trying to salvage the 2020 festival and keep the 2021 festival alive, we're also trying to keep this entire name change relevant yeah. and not just getting lost in the COVID void, you know? And I don't know, I mean, we went quiet because, you know, we didn't know what to do, what, where things were going. And, you know, after, you know, kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, we decided it was time to step forward and like really kick this thing into high gear. And honestly, I don't know how we managed to like keep as many bands on board as we did for almost three years, you know, and <laughs> just crazy afloat. yeah it, it was kind of you know again that kind of attests to what you said earlier about you know us destiny or fate bringing dorian and i together i think that in and of itself is a testament to our bond and you know our passion for what we do you know is yeah that's, keep, that's keep awesome the name yeah yeah keep persistence and knowing you're doing the right thing i think for your for your own selves and just sticking at it i i, I applaud you both for that so it's been a long road we, we, and and we try yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i won't applaud too loudly because the festival's coming up in a week and i'm a superstitious person so i don't want to like jinx anything but <laughs> it's going to be yeah, awesome if you guys Anybody that's headed down to Austin, you already know, but um, uh, this like looks like it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really amazing festival with so many different in, uh, incredible artists and all the other, um, all the other kind of events that are around it are just uh, are, are just super cool. And it was uh, thanks for coming on and, and talk to me about it, guys. Thank you so much.
we love talking about what we do. Yeah. 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 Who does, who doesn't, but this is like some really great stuff. So, um, thank you. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. You guys, um, oblivion access festival, June 15th through 18th in Austin. We're going to keep it weird. Oh yeah. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Thanks guys. Thank you very much. Okay, that was Dusty Brooks and Dorian Domi uh, just talking to me about Oblivion Access Festival taking place in Austin, Texas. Uh, just coming up now in a couple of weeks, uh, it's taking place on June fifteenth and June through June eighteenth in Austin at some just amazing venues that I mentioned at the top. But it's uh, worthy to mention them again: Empire Control Room and Garage, Mohawk Elysium, Valhalla Chess Club, Thirteenth Floor, uh, and a Central Presbyterian Church. All amazing venues, uh, the majority of which I've I can attest to as being just incredible venues. And Austin is just such an amazing place. If you love metal, if you have an interest in this festival, please go down there and support this one and uh, and check these guys out. And uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what your experience was. Would love to hear from you about that. But um, boy, I was um, I was pretty sick during this interview. I had just gotten back from Jazz Fest in New Orleans when I did this, and I was kind of feeling a little under the weather. I was a little loopy, um, and I made a, you know, I was kind of trying to joke around a little bit a couple times. I was just feeling kind of goofy, but great conversation. Love talking to these guys, and I just have a special affinity for festival organizers, and these two guys are just really, really great humans, and I I love what they're doing uh, with this festival and their commitment to inclusivity and uh, to create a safe space for those to be oneself. And I, I just absolutely really love that. And, um, you know, Dusty talked about how, you know, it starts with us is what he's saying, you know, um, the venues that he chooses, the people that with whom they choose to work and, uh, that Dusty was talking about how they lead by example. And, um, you know, they have their core values to provide an audience with a safe space to be oneself. And that's just so important. Like I talked about at the top and I had, uh, when I had Maggie Arthur on the show for episode 184 of calling all crows and we talked about a lot about creating venues as safe space and what we can do to to uh, be bystanders if something happens in a in an environment. But let's not even let it get to that point. Um, I am really just so happy that uh, Dorian and Dusty uh, with Oblivion Access Festival have a really strong commitment not only to self expression but allowing people to express themselves in a in a truly in a safe environment. And um, you know, Dorian talked about how he works with they work with great venues that have similar um, values to to them. And uh, and that's really, really important. But um, Oblivion Access Festival, June 15th through June 18th. I hope you all can make it. Um, and uh, yeah, please do let me know uh, when you uh, when you get back, uh, if you're so inclined to send shoot me an email at info at roadcasepod.com. Uh, let me know what your experience was, but really was so happy to have Dusty and Dorian on the show. And I want to thank everyone for being here for this episode and your continued support of Roadcase. And I want to send a special thank you to Dusty Brooks and Dorian Domi of Oblivion Access Festival for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. 
And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.